Hello and welcome to the MC Podcast. My name is Scott Harris, your host, and today we have a very exciting episode that I've been waiting to do for quite a while now, um, as we have Tara Vanderdusen, the New Mexico milkmaid on, and we're going to have a discussion about five things that you don't know about large farms. And so we're very excited to have Tara, and let's dive in and see if we can learn something together. DMC Podcast, my name is Scott Harris. My whole life's been dairy farming. Grew up in it. Thank you for having me on your podcast. Appreciate that very much. It's been exciting to watch you guys work. So I'd like to bring in our guest, Tara Vanderdusen. Good morning, Tara. Good afternoon, whatever it is where you are. Good morning. Thank you so much for having me on. I'm excited to share with you today. Great. Thanks for being here. If you have guys, if you have not checked out any of her social media, you need to. She has some great stuff, and we'll let her talk more about that a little bit later. But we, I had actually come across uh, an original article that I had actually messaged Tara about coming on, and then our schedules just couldn't link up well uh, for her to come on sooner. So we're uh, we're kind of diving into a different topic than what I originally had come across. But I'm glad that I came across your stuff because you have a really good look on things and really challenge kind of some thinking, conventional thinking that's starting to come out there. And I want to first say thank you for that because the dairy industry needs people like you advocating for them, so. Well, thank you, I appreciate that. I, you know, when I started this page like six years ago, I wasn't exactly sure where it would go. I, you know, I feel like sharing on social always leads you in unexpected directions and new opportunities, um, but it has been quite the journey and I very much enjoy sharing what I believe to be the truth, the facts about dairy sustainability, and just information that I think people really need to know about dairy. That's great. I very much appreciate it. So, kind of, so to give us a little more about that. So tell us kind of about yourself and what you do before we kind of dive into this uh, blog that we're going to specifically be looking at today. Yeah, so um, again, I'm Tara. I share, um, I have shared online as the New Mexico Milkmaid for the last six years. Uh, I recently did make the change to being at New Mexico Milkmaid to actually using my real name. So you can find me at Tara Vanderdusen on Instagram and taravanderdusen.com is my new blog name. Um, I'm a fifth generation dairy farmer and I uh, grew up on my family farm in New Mexico. I ended up uh, marrying my husband who is also a dairy farmer and lived just down the road. And now we dairy farm together with his family, um, many of his brothers, and we also have two little girls. Um, my like, I guess, role on the dairy, my job on the dairy is a little unique. I actually am an environmental scientist, so I work as a dairy consultant um, for dairies throughout New Mexico, um, as well as just consulting with brands across the country on dairy sustainability and really what sustainability looks like as far as, you know, boots on the ground, on-farm practices, um, and how we can implement, you know, better sustainability practices to improve our overall greenhouse gas emissions. That's awesome. That is great. And so uh, just you, you you said a fifth generation? Yeah, it's pro- it may actually be even further than that, but that's as like far back as I could have definite answers from family members. So that's what I go with is fifth generation. Uh, my dad is actually a first generation in the United States, so my grandparents immigrated from the Netherlands uh, when they were in their 30s. Okay. All right. That's interesting. A lot of dairy over in that 
region of the world, I believe, as well. Yes, actually, uh, my um, my grandfather's brother, his family still has a dairy farm in the Netherlands that I've been to. So uh, we actually still are, our family is still connected to dairy farming there in the Netherlands. Oh, wow, that's great. Well, I would love to spend the, the whole podcast talking about that, <laughs> but... Uh, to get into the kind of the meat of what we're talking about. And, and the name of this um, uh, blog post was Five Things No One Is Telling You About Large Farms. And I, it really caught my attention, of course. And having spent time on a lot of dairy farms in my working career with Master's Choice, from uh, a five-cow Amish farm all the way up to 10,000 cows, uh, or, or bigger, um, I've been on a lot of different sizes. But for the average person... What do you think they think of when they hear that phrase, large farm? Yeah, so there's so many times in the media that we see the, you know, negatively portrayed large farms, whether they use, they love to use the word CAFOs, um, they love to sit, new one I saw recently is mega dairies, and there's just a lot of negativity. Factory farms is a very popular word. So when I wrote this blog, I kind of wanted to use their same tactics a little bit against them, I guess, by making the the headline a little bit like, not clickbait, but definitely something that someone would want to click on um, if they had maybe didn't understand large farms or had questions about large farms. And so, you know, with this, I just, I really wanted to combat some of that misinformation. Um, It just, there's so many times that large farms are portrayed negatively in the media and being able to use my platform to kind of dispel some of those myths um, was really the goal of this blog post. Yeah, I thought the part that uh, I completely agree with all of it, but the part that I think you're really hitting the nail on the head for me was just when I asked my friends, you know, what do you think of when you think of large farms? They automatically automatically go to very negative thinking, very corporate uh, milk machine. Um, you know, a lot of them go back to the some of the and I know you have a different blog post on this, so I don't want to step on that too much. But on the Netflix documentaries, mm-hmm. they've seen that very much portray negativity. Um, and so it's me and edge you know, simple me trying to educate them. And then, then you're doing that at a new level, a higher level, which is great. So uh, let's kind of dive into this, some of the points of the article um, that you have written. And one of the first things you mentioned is that large forms, large farms support more families. Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah. So, you know, I think that this, I think that like the entire idea of large farms, people think you said the word corporate um, and that they don't realize that I think it's like 97% of all the dairy farms in the United States are family owned and operated no matter the size. Um, And the point of this blog post was definitely not to be like large farms are better than small farms or anything like that. Just the positives of large farms and commenting again, the misinformation. So I know with larger farms, um, it, it can support a lot of families. So I'll take ours for an example. Um, you know, it is my in-laws. It's my husband. He has six brothers. Five of the six brothers are full-time on the dairy, so obviously supporting their families. Uh, then we have lots of employees that this dairy farm supports. And then from there, it's the ripple effect. Uh, in New Mexico, a single dairy creates uh, about 26 direct jobs and 108 indirect jobs. So one of the things, um, so there's a lot of people that these large farms can support outside of the dairy, inside of the dairy, um, within the family. And one of the reasons kind of for that is, well, you can, we'll talk about this as one of the points later, but you know, it's really just the way that the dairy industry is changing, um, is that they do support more families. Yeah. 
Yeah, I think that the, you know, the days of many times, you know, and most of the people when they would have grown up with dairies is, is it was dairy right down the road from them and it was the father and children and that was it. Mm-hmm. And now to many of them supporting multiple families being of a bigger size, you have, you know, people don't understand the amount of uh, human equity that goes into milking two to three times a day. Uh, on you know on a 24-hour cycle and we're going to get into that too much I don't want to go there too much but uh, it just takes a lot of people and so that's really interesting 20 26 yeah your article specifically says 26.6 direct jobs that's that's a lot yeah that's really impressive it really is and like for you know rural communities um, that's that's a lot of jobs that's a big impact on the local economy i mean we are in a small town lots of dairies are in rural towns across the country um and when you think about 26 jobs per dairy farm like that that has that has some impact yeah absolutely it's huge one of the other things you mentioned and i thought this is probably one of my favorite parts of the blog was talking about how how cow care is a priority um, so talk a little bit more about that. Cause I hundred percent have seen that on, on dairies I've been on, on any size that they truly care about the animal health for a lot of reasons. Yeah. This is one, I mean, this is the biggest thing online I see, you know, is that it's a factory farm. So you don't care about the cows and it's just, if you've been on a dairy, you know, and you've talked with a dairy farmer, like, you know how ridiculous that is. Like cow care is absolutely the number one priority, um, for a number of reasons. Like we get into dairy farming. I truly believe because we care about our cows. We care about our herd, um, herd health. That's every generation of cows you have, you're improving your herd health. You're improving the genetics of your herd. Um, so making sure we're caring for those cows is of utmost importance, um, as well as the economics. I mean, people don't like to talk about this, but you know, a healthy cow produces more milk. So it is in the best interest of our bottom line. It's not the only reason we do it, but it's obviously in the best interest of, for us to take care of our cows. They are our bread and butter. They are the ones that are taking care of us. Um, and so making sure that they have high quality feed, um, again, going back to the genetics, making sure that they're comfortable, you know, cows are creatures of habit and they like very comfortable environments to be able to produce milk. Um, if they're not comfortable, if they, you know, have any, any kind of pressures, they're not going to produce milk, um, as much milk. And so making sure that the cows are absolutely cared for and in the best, best health is, is a priority. I know I said that so, but I'll say it again. Um, and I think that. It, this doesn't matter whether you're a small farm, big farm, medium farm, have one cow or have 10,000 cows. This is across the board for dairy farmers. Absolutely. We have seen it and uh, kind of working in this industry. I don't know. I don't have any exact numbers, but I can tell you that a large percentage of the of the dollars in this industry goes toward cow comfort, uh, whether it be large fans that cool down stalls or whether it be gel pads that they're standing on. Um, I mean, that's just two examples of, of hundreds of examples out there of areas that we, that we, the industry really does focus on cow comfort. And yes, there is a financial benefit to it, uh, to, you know, a comfortable cow, a healthy cow is going to make more milk. It's going to make better quality product. Um, but at the end of the day, there is a financial aspect, but there's also a more aspect for almost all these individuals that own these dairies. They care about a lot more than just that bottom line. Exactly. I think it, it, 
you said it so well. It's that combination. I mean, it's all the factors. And it truly is every aspect of the dairy goes into cow comfort. Um, everything leads back to that, that that's, we're making management decisions based on the comfort of the cow. And I think something that surprises a lot of people is the amount of like resources and experts that we bring into dairy farms. Like our cows have a nutritionist that plans all their diets. Our nutritionist has a PhD in you know, dietary for cows, cattle and nutrition. Um, and so that always seems to surprise people. And it's like, you know, especially when you think about those documentaries you mentioned, um, and they talk a lot about what we feed cows. And so people have no idea that what we feed cows is really based on a ton of science, a ton of data, um, experts, truly experts in their fields, planning exactly what cows eat, a perfect balance of, you know, the ratio between protein and carbs and fats and making sure they have all the minerals they need. There is so much detail that goes into our cows' diets um, that, you know, is from a health standpoint, I think that their diets plays a really interesting role in the sustainability efforts of dairies. Um, It's just so important. And so that's just one expert that we bring into our dairy. We also have a vet who does weekly herd health checks and preg checks. Uh, You know, we have a vet that's for our you know, our mature uh, milking cows, and we have a vet for our calves. Um, so there's just a lot of people that we're bringing in to really making make sure that we're, you know, tracking everything, monitoring, using correct protocols, and taking care of those cows. Uh, then there's other people like me that do the nutrient management side of things, making sure that we're protecting our soils and our groundwater, um, managing our manure properly. There's just a lot of people that are a part of, like, the team on a dairy farm. Absolutely. And so that kind of lends itself perfectly to the next point that I wanted to talk about, because you mentioned, you know, bringing in different individuals like nutritionists and things like that. Would that be what you're referring to when you talk about in the third point of advice from specialists? And and what are some other examples of some of the people that you would use for that? Yes. So, yeah, that was exactly leading into that is that, um, you know, in in caring for these cows, it's all the people that we bring in that are part of our team. So beyond, you know, environmental scientists, I mentioned nutritionists, um, veterinarians, there's also, you know, we have crop advisors that are helping us for New Mexico. You know, we're we're in a drought like all the time, it seems like. Uh, And so water is a really limiting resource. So bringing in experts that help us plan crops that are more water efficient, uh, bringing in, you know, we have accountants and bankers and all those people too. Um, And and then the dairymen themselves, I feel like, you know, a lot of people think of as a farmer as just a farmer and a farmer is never just a farmer. It seems like they're, you know, half the time maybe doing electrical work or plumbing or caring for the cows or, I mean, they can be doing all sorts of things within a day. So just the dairy farmer themselves has so much knowledge and background um, and expertise in so many areas. And so taking in all of those specialists to really help us um, manage the dairy in the best way possible. Yeah. You think about as a, as a dairy owner, you have all these individuals that are kind of working pieces that you have to get them all to work together. And, uh, and ultimately uh, a lot of it still comes back to, um, you gotta have, you gotta know a little bit about a lot of things when it comes to owning a dairy. And so I'm sure you've experienced that firsthand. And, and one of the things that you have to learn to deal with is a lack of time right and yes. so uh the, one of the one of the things that the article talks about is 
kind of just the scheduling and what life looks like kind of from a different dairy. So talk us through that a little bit more for those that may not understand. Yeah, I think this is something that consumers especially maybe don't understand always um, is that dairy farming is 24 hours a day, seven days a week, every single day of the year. Um, Holidays, birthdays, your kids program at school. Cows have to be milked every single day, uh, at least twice a day, sometimes more, depending on your dairy farm. And so for a smaller farm that may not have employees or may not have outside staff, this is them milking every single day, twice a day. And I have talked with so many dairy farmers over the years that have not ever been on vacation. They There's dairy farmers I know that have not ever left their county. They miss out on family functions. They miss out on birthdays and holidays. I know that my dad's first, even with having employees, my dad on Christmas morning, we didn't open presents till my dad got back from the dairy. Um, and so people don't think about that, that farmers, you know, want time off just like anyone else. And one of the things about being a larger farm, it allows for that. It allows for you to have employees. It allows for you to have maybe other family members. Like for us, we have employees and multiple family members. So if we want to take off, we can arrange it with, you know, having other people be there to make sure that they're managing things, making sure our staff is ready for us to be out of town. Um, And that's huge. That's especially when you get into talking about mental health for farmers um, and dairy farmers. I think that being able to have time off, to have time with your family is so crucial. And it's something we don't talk about enough. And it's definitely something that the consumer does not see. um, those, Those dairy farmers that you know, don't have that time off, that don't have that break, um, of how truly like draining and grueling that can be that schedule. Yeah, absolutely. I think what the average consumer thinks of when they see that is a a corporate guy in a suit who doesn't ever touch the farm. Um, and, uh, it just has his employees do all the work and he just sits back and, and lets the checks roll in. Uh, that's what they envision. That is absolutely what they envision. And I think it always, when I share on my page, it shocks, like there's a shock factor. Because I will tell people, you when you hear factory farm, act, when activists say that, they're probably referring to my, like our family farm. We live 200 steps from my house to the dairy barn. Like we are still on the dairy. Like that doesn't, it's not changing anything um, as far as, you know, us being there. Um, my husband, you know, is does um, all day-to-day management operations of our dairy farm. And he goes to the dairy seven days a week still. Uh, You know, on Sunday morning before church, he goes and checks the dairy and then comes back. It's actually something I talk about a little bit, like, on my page. And I've talked with other dairy moms. Like, I don't – my husband does not help me, like, get kids ready for school or get them out the door and get them to school. That's not an option in our household because my husband's already gone to the dairy. And so I do think there's this huge misconception that, yeah, these factory farms are run by some, yeah, some individual and, like, a suit in an office. And that could not be further from the truth. I mean, on our family farm, it's my father-in-law and, again, my husband and and four of his – five brothers are on the dairy every single day you know every single day they're there managing helping being there filling in where it needs to be I mean you know we all know on farms things don't always go according to plan there's something different or something happening every day and so uh yeah it's not at all what people think of when they think of the word I think factory farm yeah I mean that's the thing about it that I just don't think people understand is these cows have to be milked every day at least twice a day most of the time sometimes three times a day but they have to be this isn't this is you don't get to wake up and say yeah 
I don't feel good today. They're, you know what? They'll be fine. They'll be fine. Uh, and not just financially, but for the cow health, it has to be milked every day. I mean, and so just people don't understand that. And especially getting into the financial side and kind of kind of leaning into the next aspect here that I want us to look at is the economic side of this whole thing. Because obviously they need to be milked every day for financial reasons. But dairy and, and it really agriculture, it just blows my mind. I'll never forget I was sitting in a meeting one day and someone else said this statement and I had never thought about it. The idea that ag is one of the very few businesses in the world that has to buy everything at retail but sell everything at wholesale. Yes, I share that a lot with people when talking about like the economics of dairies because it is so true. I mean, and dairies in comparison to the companies they're working with, you know, you have like we sell our milk goes to Glambia, which is a global company, a huge company that produces cheese. Um, and that's a lot of the people, a lot of the companies we're working with, the people we buy our pharmaceuticals from, all those are massive global brands. And even the largest dairy farm is just like a, a little dot on the radar. You know, we're, we're small businesses. Um, and you know, we do, we have to buy everything at retail and yet our product leaves our dairy farm at wholesale. And so the margins there can be really tight tough. And I, t I kind of mentioned this a little bit in that, you know, that the large farms support more families. But one of the reasons they support more families is I have found that, you know, when my dad, when I was a kid, my dad was in partnership with his brother and his dad, but his goal was to like, quote unquote, get out on his own, like have his own dairy farm. And that is not always the case nowadays. I know a lot, a lot of family farms that um, more so now than when I was a kid are all staying together. You know, you have maybe a dad and a daughter and a son-in-law and, and a cousin and an uncle or another sibling. Like there's a lot of people who are all on the dairy farm together. And our family, you know, as I've said, is a perfect example of that with providing for six separate families within our family. Um, and it's about the economies of scale to somewhat that, you know, yeah, we are buying at retail, but if we could buy at retail in a little bit bigger bulk, then maybe we can save a little bit of money and have slightly better margins. Um, and so, you know, farms nowadays are not getting cheaper. I mean, we all know what, you know, a tractor is going for these days. And so in some ways, staying together and growing kind of under one roof um, can provide opportunities and benefits. And so these large farms, when you think about it like that, that some of them are maybe consolidation within a single family. Um, I just think that that helps the consumer understand a little bit better um, of, of how it all works and what it what it could look like on a, on a farm. Um, and so that's kind of where I see some of the economic benefits is um, these families like kind of growing together their farms. Yeah, you see, and again, that speaks back to a previous point you made in, in that scenario. Um, a lot of people would take advantage of the fact that the their whole family can pack up and go on vacation. Right. Well, if you've got multiple families involved in the business, you're not all going on vacation together. That's probably never happened or not going to happen anyway for any time soon, I'm guessing. Yeah, that's a great point. Um, my father-in-law, for his 60th birthday, he really, really wanted like all six boys and their families to be there to celebrate his birthday um, on like a, a family vacation. 
And I, it was the, the back workings, the inner workings of the scheduling to make it happen were, were wild. Um, we, first of all, we split in half and half of us came the first couple days of vacation and the other half came the second part of the vacation. We overlapped one night and that was the night where we like went out to dinner for his birthday. Um, but we actually ended up having an uncle that would, that came and oversaw things. Um, and some, I feel like a cousin or something. There was like a couple people that filled in for that one day and night while we were all gone, but it was not a simple thing. Like it was not a simple undertaking for us to all be to get gone at the same time. Um, and again, those, those are the things that nobody talks about that no one thinks about when, when sharing with consumers. Yeah, absolutely. And it's easy all, all the many times, and I don't blame the consumer for this. I'm not pointing fingers. It, it's all they know is when they walk to the uh, grocery store, or get to the grocery store, they know, they look, the milk's more expensive and they just assume that that money's going right into the pocket of the dairy. When in fact, when you look at overall costs, the costs that have gone up for this year alone uh, are drastically more than what any increase you've seen for what you're paying for your product. Yeah. I mean, we could talk probably like all day and longer on milk pricing and I, I wouldn't be able to offer much expertise because if you know anything about milk pricing it's just a very complicated system but that is one thing I do try to talk with consumers about too is that just because the grocery store price of milk has gone up does not mean dairy farmers price has gone up um, that is another aspect of you know that we talked about the that we buy at retail and sell at wholesale another thing about dairy farming is when our milk leaves our farm, we're not really sure of what price we're going to get for it. Um, and we don't have any control over our price. A lot of people I've found think that like we sell our milk for like a certain price. We don't set the price. It's a commodity. And that can make, you know, planning very difficult um, for being able to plan for the next few months or even for the next year, if you're not really sure exactly what your price is going to get, it's going to fluctuate with the market, and that by the time it leaves your farm, you're not even sure what you'll get for it. Uh, but that, again, like what you said, it's not like the consumer's fault, definitely not pointing any fingers. It would make sense that you would think, oh, a gallon of milk is selling for X amount in the grocery store, the dairy farmer must be getting X amount. And that is just not the case. It's a much more complicated system than that. Oh yeah, yeah the yeah I, yeah we're definitely not going to get into that because I'm not an expert either. But you're a hundred <laughs> you're a hundred percent right. So so if there was one other fact or issue um, that you think about within dairy that you feel is really important on this platform right now to mention that maybe wasn't in this article or whatever, maybe even if it's covered in a di a different blog, but what's one other thing that you'd like to let us know about? Yeah, so I feel like a lot of times activists and those against, you know, dairy or animal agriculture really try to split us up by using the uh, large farms, the CAFOs, the, the factory farm, that terminology to kind of like create a divide between smaller farms and larger farms and it just creates mistrust in the consumer's mind. But I think the biggest takeaway that I would want people to know is no matter the size of the farm, like we have the same goals, we care about the same things, cow care is the same, like how the farm is run and, and the principles behind it are the same no matter the size. And I would say that I think we all as farmers um, need to keep that in mind that they that, you know, they, activists, um, those against dairy farming are obviously trying to divide us. And so the more united we can be on, you know, sharing that, you know, all dairy on the shelf is from farms that care about their cows, that cow care is a priority, the better off we'll be. I just, I think united we stand and, and divided we fall. Um, and so kind of thinking about that in terms of how we, how we do things and how we think about promoting ourselves and, and just promoting a more, a more united front. 
Yeah, and I think the important part there, too, is all real dairy, right? Real dairy, not uh, some of the other stuff we hear about as far as calling themselves dairy when it's not actually dairy. But that's a different, probably a different that's podcast. That's a much that different, yeah, <laughs> a very different topic for for another yeah, day. For sure, for sure. Well, well, Tara, thank you for being on today, and we really appreciate you taking the time. Uh, tell everybody out there where they can find your content, because guys, I really think you need to uh, get into what all Tara has, Tara, sorry, has going on, and really dive in because she has some great stuff. And so, tell us how we uh, find out more about you and kind of your work that you do. Yeah, so as I mentioned at the very beginning, I've been sharing as a New Mexico milkmaid, but recently made the transition to using my regular full real name Tara Vanderdeusen so you can find me on Instagram at Tara Vanderdeusen and you can find me on my blog taravanderdeusen.com and then I actually have a podcast that will be launching at the end of April called Elevate the Podcast um, and it will be talking about the stories of agriculture and rural entrepreneurs so if you're into podcasts and listening about rural entrepreneurs definitely check out Elevate the Podcast Nice, that sounds awesome I'll be definitely subscribing to that so appreciate it well, that is all for us. Again, if you will take the time to also follow us on Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, and wherever you get your podcasts. Uh, we try to bring content like this and very similar uh, to you every other Wednesday. Uh, we try to drop those episodes every other Wednesday. So, again, thank you, Tara. I appreciate it. And we'd love to have you back on again sometime. Yeah, thank you so much for having me on. This is great. Thank you. All right, everybody have a great day. Bye.